everyone. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in. This is Ava. I have a follow-up episode today about the manifestation series that we put out a few weeks ago. So this was a super popular series, one of the most popular series and episodes we've had so far. So great response, which has been great. I've gotten a lot of feedback and a lot of comments, heard from you directly, um, that you've tuned in and that you've enjoyed it, which has been really great. The way that this topic about manifestation, this particular philosophy, the trends in our spiritual culture, how these episodes have clarified a lot for you, maybe resonated a lot and kind of confirmed and articulated something that you've already been sensing. And it's just such a great topic, right? Manifestation is so, it's on the tip of our tongues and it's so interesting. It's so tempting. It's also, you know, tempting for us to wish it was true and to try to confirm moments where we've manifested things. And as you can hear in different episodes, I definitely do recommend, strongly recommend a manifestation practice, but only after having a kind of really clear, logical map about how to approach it, something that really resonates for you, but after you've actually brought awareness to it. So often we just go with something that resonates, something that we wish would be the case without actually bringing awareness to it first. And it is possible to resonate with something that doesn't actually make sense. There's so many layers of our psyche, so many layers of our person, of our nervous system from which things can resonate. And we can be deceived by that sense of resonance that resonates with one layer and might not be helpful for the rest of us. Um, so there's part one, two, and three. One outlines the philosophy and what we're going to be speaking about. Two outlined what you definitely don't want to do. And number three, what I recommend for manifesting practice, what I recommend to do and, and explaining all of that out. So yeah, I always get, you know, a little bit of feedback for each of the episodes, but I got a lot of feedback on the manifestation series. By the way, it's called the universe does not have your back when you are looking back through for the episodes if you haven't listened. And, you know, people share about their experience and what they think and what the, there's always a conversation about what this meant for them. And something that people shared about I, that I got a lot of with the Manifestation podcast was people sharing about kind of miraculous healing experiences that they manifested, which was very cool. And it also prompted me, it, it prompted my thinking and it prompted me to actually make this episode, there's two things I want to answer from the feedback that I got. Um, so it prompted me to clarify about two areas that we manifest in that are actually quite significantly different. So we can manifest conditions, we can create conditions, contribute to conditions in our personal experience and in our impersonal experience. So our personal experience is anything to do with our own personal experience. So anything that's related, anything that's in the realm of what is related to me. So what's related to me personally is my physical body, my emotions, my mind. That's what we call the person, right? Whatever is the individual mind-body organism. And anything impersonal is everything that's not the individual mind-body organism. So we could kind of pretty much just say the the rest of the environment around us. And of course, in the non-dual philosophy, both personal and external realities 
are a projection of the exact same consciousness. Um, but in our practice, in our personal experience, there are, you know, qualitative different in how we approach them, how we experience our personal experience and our the impersonal elements of our experience. So the, you know, the plants around me, my desk, my window, all of that is perceived in a different way than the way I perceive and experience everything that I call me. So whatever the word me picks out is my personal experience and anything that's not what I would call me is, you know, my impersonal experience. And, you know, because that non-dual philosophy kind of underpins our approach in functional spirituality, we can understand that the personal me and the impersonal not me are a kind of continuum of one and the same thing. You know, they're a continuum of the reality, whatever you want to call it. So they're, they both are a manifestation of the reality, although we kind of experience them in these significantly different ways. And what's important for our manifestation practice, what's very cool, is that anything in the personal experience, anything that's related to my biology, so my physical, emotional, and mental states, conditions, it's much easier and quicker to manifest a condition in my personal experience. So related to my person, it's much easier. There's much more room and scope to control my biology, to control my physical, emotional, mental. Just if we think about the a range, a potential range for controlling and manifesting change. There's things that we can, if we think about it, there's things that everything is possible in this universe, but some things are more probable or easy to be possible or have more potential to be possible. You know, anything, absolutely anything is, is possible, but some things are highly unlikely. You know, for me to grow a unicorn horn is highly highly unlikely but it's not impossible and the probability that I could manifest and grow a unicorn horn at will is even more unlikely than me just growing one spontaneously for some other random reason that might happen right so nothing is impossible in this reality but things are you know more probable and there's a potent, that potential range for change and the probability and the possibility, the potential in our personal experience is much, much higher. So that's because the range by which our perception affects our experience is much higher in the personal area. So Let's think about, just think about how your perception changes your mind, emotions, and physical body. So let's take an example that, you know, it's nighttime, you're at home, you're waiting for a family member that you love very much to come home, and you get a call from a friend saying, hey, doesn't your this family member of yours drive a certain, you know, a white Toyota? I've just seen a accident on the side of the road with ambulance, and, you know, there was a um, person on the floor look like this family member have you seen them 
you know, where are they? And, you know, this person is late, they're not home yet. So that perception that potentially that family member has just been in a critical accident is going to, that perception is very quickly and powerfully going to change your mind, your emotions, your physical body, you're sweating, you're going to feel sick, you might even throw up. And then the car turns into the driveway and, you know, you see them, they're waving at you and now your perception is again going to affect your mind, your emotions, your physical body. It's going to be a huge change again into a different experience. So our perception really, it of course has the capacity to change our experience, but the way that it changes our personal experience is just much more readily available, much higher potential for change. So basically our perception can manifest, can control the environment more tightly when it is about our personal biology. So if we want to change our physical body, if we want to change our emotional experience, or if we want to change our mental experience, and this also includes any skill, quality, anything to do with our person, anything that we call me, anything that we would identify with as being me, there is a lot more potential for change and a range of potential that our manifestation work can affect. And this is especially that part one of the manifestation process. So if you look at the third episode, the kind of final episode called The Universe Does Not Have Your Back Part 3, that's where I talk about how we actually manifest things. And the first part of the manifestation process is what is most often spoken about. So it's where we visualize and refine and dream and we do our hypnosis practice and our self-suggestion practice and we're reiterating and repeating and, you know, affecting our subconscious mind. We're basically trying to change our perception, trying to change our belief, trying to change our resonance, our vibration, you know, all of these, those are the kind of ideas behind it. That work is a especially effective, more effective when it's about our actual person. It's less effective when it's about the external environment. So the external environment does respond to your perception. You can affect the external environment with your perception, but in, you know, to a way, way less degree with just the power of your mind. And that's where you definitely want to do the other parts of the manifestation to back up that first part. So when it comes to changing something personal and biological, we have a lot more power to create change. So have a listen at that part one because it's going to be a lot more effective and it should be emphasized. So thank you so much for sharing your stories about your healing experiences because it really highlighted something that I overlooked and got to really think back on and refine my own uh, manifestation philosophy. And it is inspiring, you know, remembering how much power our perception has over our own experience and just that huge capacity for change by um, working on our dominant perception of our experience. So the beliefs that we have, the stories that we have, we can work on those through self-suggestion, affirmation, visualization, repetition, processes, right? All of our subconscious mind affecting and changing work um, is highly effective in that personal domain. So I hope that inspires you. And quickly wanted to touch on another point that was potentially confusing for a few people. 
So someone mentioned that they struggled with, basically, I'm just kind of summarizing, but they, they struggled with the emphasis that I put on personal responsibility and that in some ways it was empowering to be like, yeah, well, actually, I can't just, you know, rely on the universe and I need to take personal responsibility for things. And that's not really what I was saying, like the point of what I was trying to cut down in the series, especially part one and part two, was about considering the universe as a person. So when that's that phrase, the universe has your back, it's a personal attribute we are attributing to the universe. And that's the tendency that is faulty and unhelpful is if we think about the universe in a personal way. So if we want a personal result, a personal experience, then we need to consider mostly personal things need to be dealt with in personal ways. And we absolutely can take, you know, help and draw benefit from our universe and transcendent practices. So where the three-part method is, you know, healing, cultivating, and awakening, it loosely does relate to personal, universal, and transcendent levels of our experience. Not levels, but yeah, I guess dimensions of our reality. So in any moment, we can experience the moment in a personal way, we can experience it as its universal qualities, we can experience it as its transcendent qualities. And because the field of manifestation is very much about my personal needs, personal desires, my personal conditions, the conditions of me and my life and my experience and what I am experiencing and perceiving, then we want to deal with those things in a personal way. But in no way does it negate the fact that the universe exists, that the transcendent exists, that the spirit or God and the universe and the energies and the magic that they all exist, but we want to harness them for changing our personal conditions. So it's just about having a bit more organization in the way we're approaching our spiritual practice because that organization is actually available and it actually creates more effectiveness with the practice. And I don't just have this, you know, I'm not just... I am OCD. I'm not just an OCD person with just a bent for organization. This inquiry to have a more coherent, aligned, intentional, and functional practice has actually come from many, many years and, you know, tens of thousands of hours of practice that didn't yield the result and then a deep inquiry about why it wasn't effective. So I don't just love organization and want to ascribe effectiveness to it randomly. It's out of a, a huge crash, you know, it's out of a phase of a lot of dysfunction. It's out of experiencing the pain, the destruction, <laughs> the um, ineffectiveness, you know, the suffering, the confusion of not having that effectiveness and then doing an inquiry about what what is the effectiveness and I promise you I'm not overly prescribing organization and effectiveness but really just the minimum just the minimum amount of awareness and clarity to make sure that what we're doing makes sense so I love how these questions come up and it's 
it's almost like a doubt like hey isn't this too much personal responsibility what about the magic and that's what brings joy to my experiences having that faith and that magic so that kind of doubt is actually really powerful really beneficial because it gets you to actually see what is it that I'm understanding what is it that I'm about to adopt how is that actually going to work because no matter how much I explain it it's actually going to need to be received digested and then organized in your experience totally your own way the only thing I can do is offer and that's you know only that first step where you're going to receive something but the way you digest it and organize it in your experience is actually what's going to make the difference for you Um, so unless we were like you know then working together to help that digestion and organization process you really have to do that yourself from listening to the podcast and most often it'll happen spontaneously as you're listening there'll be the digestion and organizing process happening as you're receiving but I'm always happy to help and to be a part of that conversation as this material starts to go a little bit more deeper for you so thanks so much for tuning in to the episodes for listening to that series after you've listened to the whole series go listen to it again because it's a hit different completely the next time you listen to it please share it with your friends take a screenshot if you listen to it on spotify press that little share button and you can just directly share on to your socials which of course i appreciate and love when you guys do that and tag me as well so yeah i love to know who's listening and how you're receiving it so let me know how you go with this episode and more than happy to answer more questions in a follow-up episode if there are more have a great week and i'll speak to you soon Thank you for tuning in to the Functional Spirituality Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe by pressing the plus button on iTunes or the following button on Spotify. This is going to ensure that this resource is available and top of mind when you most need it. So please subscribe now.